everyone, welcome back to Wrestling with Pod, which is our podcast. I get used to that name, so it's different. <laughs> yeah, no, I like it though. It's it is. I, I think uh, you know, look at I was looking at podcasts scored that talk about names, and there's not really a lot out there. So yeah, um, the sermon that you get maybe uh, tie in because everything was wrestling, right? The wrestle wrestlers, yes. <laughs> Um, There's a lot of wrestling involved in faith. Yes, well, if I, yes, I I totally agree with that, which is is, is another reason why we're doing this, because um, it hopefully will help a lot of people answer questions. Yeah. Um, I have a, so we just came back from Bluegrass Sunday, which is awesome, and I'm gonna have, I have a confession to make. I uh, grew up not liking country music and bluegrass but oh don't say that around here <laughs> no right i know um i will credit my wife though my wife and her family they kind of pounded it into my head as i got close to them so um definitely have grown has grown on me yeah i did enjoy the service it was really great yeah it was good it yeah. was wonderful that's uh i guess just my second one so um I remember last year, I didn't know it was coming. And I showed up and they went, hey, guess what? It's Bluegrass Sunday. And I thought, oh, okay. Didn't know that. <laughs> so, but it was wonderful then. And it was just so excellent this year. Yeah. Uh, I really enjoyed the music and the, I'm a very physical worshiper. Uh, you know, I like to kind of tap my toes and clap my hands. And so that kind of music just really lends itself to that. Oh, yeah. It's just yeah. good for people like me, for sure. Yeah, I... I um, really, I love music in general, and um, it's really grown on, Blue, this Bluegrass Sunday's really grown on me, and I think it's uh, just kind of uh, shows how much people tie in their faith to, to music, because yes. I think everybody loved this Sunday's music. Yes, across the um, generations, they seem to just really connect with this, and I mean, we had kids and and uh youth showing up in kind of their blue grassy looking outfits and uh you could just tell that they were excited to be there yeah you know, it's very uplifting yeah it's very um there i mean there's a lot of good reasons to do it yeah i um i told i was talking to shreen about it which is my wife if you did if for those that didn't know um and I told her, I said, okay, so when is uh, Heavy Metal Sunday? Yeah, buddy. It's a pop Sunday. I'm in. <laughs> uh, so I'll talk to Jake and Ollie about that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, okay, so speaking of speaking of uh, Bluegrass Sunday and kind of special services that kind of get us excited about church again, mm -hmm. not that we wouldn't, most people wouldn't be, um, but why do, so... Why do we have these kind of special services? Um, do you think they can be, some people might think they're gimmicky, right? Mm -hmm. So can you kind of give us your thoughts on that? Yeah. So just uh, since we're talking about Bluegrass Sunday, I'll use that as an example. But uh, one I already alluded to is that, you know, everybody has a different worship style. Mm -hmm. And it, and also... If you ever just kind and someday we'll do this, but if you look through the different elements of a worship service, they're designed in many ways. They're very intentional. And there are different types of elements in the worship service because people connect to God differently. So sometimes a special worship service, particularly the special music, can really help someone, like you said a minute ago, um, who connects to God primarily through music 
it just um it opens up kind of a special holy place for them a sacred space where they can connect with god in a way that doesn't maybe maybe happen every sunday um so and again for people like me that are very physical worshipers it's it's fun you know it um it's it just uh, allows you to connect in a different way i think also it particularly bluegrass I, I don't know i think it's built into the music but it's very communal and worship is very communal so it really emphasizes that and makes you feel very connected to each other and to the community and to god and then you know i was thinking about it too like a lot of people it just maybe breaks down some barriers um makes them less anxious about coming to worship so they'll come just for the music you know we had a lot of guests on sunday and uh and they came for the music mm -hmm. and so and there's nothing wrong with that and sometimes people can get a little judgy about that oh you only come for the performance or whatever it's really not about performance it's about making worship relatable to them and feel like kind of a safe space for them because as things uh, if you think about it that's what jesus did when he told parables right we talked about that last time yeah the parable he used elements that were relatable to the people that were listening to him so he could connect with them and they could connect to what the kingdom of god was about music special music is like that so bluegrass kind of makes it more relatable for some people or any kind of music like you said what about heavy metal sunday <laughs> you know that could connect with somebody that um, maybe bluegrass doesn't connect with. Um, you know, another thing is just really any music, but again, something special that people are comfortable with can lower anxiety. And when our anxiety is lower, then we're more open to hear from God, to experience God's presence, to let the Holy Spirit uh, just be there and move among us. Um, you know, it just, it lets the Holy Spirit enter. And then for some of our older folks, it's, you know, it touches on a very familiar place. Like on Sunday, one of the folks who came is not someone who's able to come every Sunday. Um, that person is homebound and experiencing some dementia type stuff. Well, music is one of the ways that people with dementia can reconnect. And so, you know, old timey music and those old hymns that we sang in that bluegrass fashion it just opens up a portal that other things may not open. And then, of course, the other thing is that we had people uh, like Danny Tiedemann and uh, Jennifer playing the violin or the fiddle, I guess we would call it on Bluegrass Sunday and others. You know, it, it enables them to share their gifts, which is part of what we're called to do as disciples. You know, we feel called to share. You know, I've, I have a gift of preaching and um, we all have different gifts. And so having those special events allows people to come and share their gifts with others, which is part of being in Christian community together. Yeah. And let me give a quick shout out to our, our worship team. Our praise oh team. yeah. They, that was amazing. They do a great job every Sunday, yes. but even like Dan, Danny coming in with the fiddle. Oh, awesome. For sure. And um, Jennifer playing the violin and so and, fantastic. And Jack, Jacob playing guitar. Everyone in the, in, in the pray praises, always impressed with with what they do and it's uh like like i said even when not on bluegrass sunday i love the music yes not it wasn't always something i did i liked about church but i really do love the music yeah um and so yes definitely agree with you on con building those connections because without that i don't know that i would even want to yeah you know it's making me think of when i was in my 20s 
which was a very long time ago, but um, I was part of an Episcopal church in Arlington. That's kind of where I really connected with God initially. And uh, occasionally I would need to go really early in the morning on Sunday because I had something going on. And so they had this 7.30 a.m. service, which is just really early, yeah. but it was a quick 30 minute service. It went through all the liturgy. You got the message from the priest, all of that. But what you didn't get was any music. And so uh, it, for me, because I very much connect with God through music, it was it was never quite, it never quite felt like a full worship experience to me, but, um, but it did, I did feel good about continuing my habit of, you know, my weekly habit of worship. Yeah. I, I, I think that would be tough to, 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 to do with. And I think all, you know, all, all of the pieces of worship are, are important in, yes. in the, their way. And some, I think there are some people like sometimes on the, the, the call and response, I'm like, mm, don't want to, you know. Right. But I think all of those things are important. And um, like I said, I used to feel the same way about music, especially like Christian music or country music. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I don't know about this, but right. over time and as I've been coming to church, I've, it's really grown on me. And that's been part of like, oh, yes, I do want that. Uh, yeah. And, and I listen to the music on my I pull it up on my phone and I'm like, yeah. aren't you for songs that we've, seen, we've sung on, in church? So. Well, and I think it's really easy for us just as human beings to kind of judge things that, uh, it, you know, it's either good or bad, right or wrong, you know, those kind of things. And so, you know, when when we think something special that we're doing in worship or different or fun, I mean, heaven forbid we have fun in worship, right? <laughs> there are people who actually feel that way. Um, and, you know, that's okay. That's just what they learned also. But um, you know, when we call it gimmicky or we call, which was a word that I came up with, not you, because I've heard that before, sure. um, you know, or when we think, well, that music was so excellent is they're just performing. I mean, we're really kind of judging it, you know, instead of just letting it be and trusting that God is at work in the midst of it. Um, well, you know, uh, well, so here's my devil's advocate. Yeah, please. Of the week, because <laughs> I love things gimmicky. Yeah. When does something become gimmicky in the church? Like, I think about snake handling. Like, right. At some point, you think, wait, okay, this is a little too. F yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you think there's a point, or do you think it's just that we don't understand that style of worship? Or, um, I mean, yes, I guess is what I want to say to that. You know, it could be. Uh, I mean, it's definitely too far for me. It's not something that I would be comfortable with at all. But but I, I don't think I want to go so far as to say everyone who experiences worship in that way is being artificial or gimmicky. You know, yeah. I do think some are. I think it really depends a lot on the heart and the intent of the leader of that worship experience, mm -hmm. you know. Uh, and for that matter, the people. I think when we let when we let our activity of worship um, overshadow God, mm -hmm. that's not a good thing. Yeah. You know, we may need to re-examine. But when is that happening and when it isn't? I, I don't know that we can say a certain type of activity does or doesn't do that. But I think when you're in the midst of it, you kind of know. Yeah. You know, does that make oh, sense? Yeah. I mean, I remember being in a service that uh, years ago in a different type of uh, uh, 
not a denomination, but a different type of worship style. And and they did some things, and I don't even want to say what they are because I don't want to sound like I'm judging it, but I remember feeling very like, this is not authentic and I can feel it, you know. And I think there are certainly worship experiences, and I've had them when Jeff and I go on vacation and we'll go to a certain church or something uh, where where I think this isn't doesn't feel authentic to me. It feels very performance. It feels very, you know, and I, I might be judging them, but what I'm really judging is my ability to connect to God in that moment. Yeah. So, you know, if it works for someone else, good. <laughs> you know, that's yeah. good, right? No, I, I love that answer, honestly, because it frames uh, faith and, and our beliefs in, in our, our perspective. Yeah. You know, so my faith journey is different than your faith journey. Absolutely. Everyone else's. And it doesn't mean that my, mine is wrong. It doesn't mean yours is wrong. It doesn't mean those snake handlers. Is yeah. Wrong. That's what connects them to God. Sure. Absolutely. I, I, I really, I think that's a great explanation. There's um there's a really great book. One of my favorites. It's, uh, I believe the author is Gary Thomas. I hope I didn't get that wrong, but the book is called Sacred Pathways. And it talks about that, that different people have different ways they connect to God. Some connect primarily through serving. Some connect through advocacy and justice work and, you know, some through music and some through uh, contemplative stuff, some through nature. And I, I love that um, book because that's what it does is it reminds us that we're all different yeah. and that God is big enough to reach each of us where we are and and as who we are. And that, in fact, he designed us that way. Right. Yeah. So um, it, it helps. It helped me when I re read it to, you know, kind of get over myself and not judge <laughs> Like, how dare you not raise your hands or whatever. <laughs> well, and that's interesting too, because you can also take that beyond church, right? You can take it beyond Sunday service. Yeah. You can say, um, you know, teachers, because we have a lot of them. Mm -hmm. and, and I used to be one. Um, but you can think that helping those students, uh, that's part of your worship, not as part of Absolutely. And it can be whatever you do. Maybe you, yeah. however, that could be your connection. Yeah. It doesn't necessarily stop at, you know, the, the doors of the church. Yeah. I mean, there is a scripture verse and I won't be able to tell you where it is. Somebody will who's listening probably, but um, it's, I know it's in the Old Testament, but it talks about, or I think it is, I shouldn't even say that. It may not be, but it, uh, I have it hanging on my wall in my kitchen, so you'd think I know where it was. But it says, you know, whatever you do, uh, do it as if doing it unto God. Yeah. And really, that's kind of what you're talking about, right? So, um, plus, we, there's also the whole um, question of calling. I mean, if it's your calling, then God wired you to do that. And it absolutely is a form of worship to the Lord. Yeah. You know, loving others, caring for others, all those things are all part of our discipleship and our faith journey for sure. No, that, that's, that's awesome. I, lo I love it. Um, okay. So we could talk about that all day. Yeah. Oh, I mean, that could be a whole podcast episode. <laughs> right. Um, what, one other thing that, that we kind of talked about and, and I wanted to bring up is, so we did Blessing of the Back Act. School's coming back in this to session. And uh, I know the teachers are kind of getting ready in there. And I know my wife also in education uh, was not, was dreading this, this time. Sure. Yeah. It's stressful. Uh, yeah. You had lots of stuff going on. Blessed. We did bless the other backpacks, man. Teachers, we had students bring their backpacks up and, uh, you, you 
sent me a question and I thought it was really a profound question because uh, you, you talked about what does it mean to be blessed? And my thoughts on blessings have always been material items or I'm getting something like I'm getting a new job or I'm, you know, uh, or, or maybe getting through a painful time or experience. And, uh, but is there other, is there other meanings beyond, beyond that? Is there something else that I may be missing? Yeah, I think uh, we have a, a tendency to think of blessings as something we receive from God. Uh, and, and they are that, um, certainly. But I think also blessing is an activity of faith, and it is something that we give uh, to others. You know, um, there's just, to me, almost nothing better than somebody speaking a blessing over me. And it's just a way for them to uh, show love, show God's love, uh, share beauty, you know, all those things are blessings. Um, so, you know, sometimes we think, because when we're saying like blessing the backpack, you know, we're thinking, I mean, it is a prayer that we say, mm -hmm. but it's more than a prayer, right? Like we're not praying for, um, sometimes people will think, well, we bless that backpack. So does that mean that, you know, nothing's going to go wrong for the whole year? And if something does go wrong, then did our blessing not work? Or, you know, I mean, like we, yeah. we tend to think transactionally, I guess mm -hmm. that's a good way to say it, about a lot of things in faith. And almost nothing about faith is really transactional. It's yeah. much more relational and holistic than that. And so, um, you know, speaking a blessing over that backpack is, and over that child and over the teacher and, and staff member um, is, is to say, you know, we're, we're, we're just speaking God's love over you and our own love for you. And we want you, as you pick up that backpack each day, to know that love goes with you. Yeah. And that's the really the meaning of a blessing. Wow. Okay. Also another powerful point. I that I love it. That's, yeah. I didn't bring my backpack. Now I want to. Uh, well, I, we can still bless it. Absolutely. No. I, I forgot to bring mine too, which is really <laughs> but uh I also would say it was a it was a lovely um I don't want to say coincidence because we did plan it, but but I wasn't thinking when I planned it that yeah. that also happened to be the day that we that I was preaching on uh, Jesus feeding the five thousand plus plus, uh, where he takes the bread and blesses it, yes. and then also when we were doing communion, where we talk about Jesus blessing the bread um, before he gave it to the disciples. So there was a lot of blessing happening on Sunday, um, and that can really just be a beautiful thing to experience. Yeah, I, I, when you put it that way, it definitely, and and I mean. It really shows that uh, the church isn't just about showing up to uh, hear God's word and just to connect with God. It's also connect with each other. And uh, uh, we are a church family. Absolutely. And, uh, we're here, you know, we, we're here for each other. And, um, you know, I, I love it. That's, 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 I love it. I love it. Yeah, I mean, and you think about it, scripture, honestly, from the very beginning to the very end of scripture, uh, one message you get absolutely clear that nobody disagrees about, and that is that it's all about community. It's about being a people, not yeah. individuals that, you know, I mean, we are individuals, but uh, it's about the community of faith, the people of God, 
Um, you know, we get into other arguments, but we all agree on that. And I mean, God just wired us to live in community. Uh, I also want to say that one of my favorite authors, a retired Episcopal priest, Barbara Brown Taylor, uh, has a wonderful book called An Altar in the World. And she talks about spiritual practices that we can engage in outside of churchy kind of stuff, right? And one of them is speaking blessings over people. And it's really quite lovely. And that really expanded even my thought about, oh, what does it mean to, you know, speak a blessing? <clears throat> it's a good book. I highly recommend it to okay. anyone. What was it? Tell me the book one more time. Yeah, An Altar in the World. An Altar in the World. Mm -hmm. I'll add that to the show notes too. Yeah, it's just a lovely book. It's available on Audible too, which I enjoy She because she uh, narrates her own books. <laughs> so I get to listen to her. Well, if you enjoy podcasts, like mm -hmm. uh, I would assume if you're listening. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. This in uh, audio form. So great. Uh, okay, so let's get, so just time-wise, we're getting into, um, and uh, move on from blessings and talk about the sermon. And I know you talked about before the podcast about, uh, you listen to another podcast and they have a little tradition. Yes. And we didn't do it at the beginning. We didn't, I know, I forgot. But that's okay. <laughs> I think we can do it now because we're going to get into the meat. Okay, on lovely. The Yes, so that'd be great. That? Sure, yes. So one of my favorite podcasts is called Managing Leadership Anxiety, because all leaders know that that's an important part of being a leader is managing your own anxiety. Um, and so uh, it's by uh, Steve Cuss, who is a, a pastor that uh, specializes in that and teaches that out of Australia. And so at the beginning of every podcast episode, he lights a candle and actually we're trying to do that at the beginning of each meeting that we have too, but just to remind us of the presence of Christ, to remind us that God is with us and uh, just allows you to sort of, you know, I don't know, uh, move beyond whatever anxiety we may have brought into the room, which we're humans and we've had a day. So, so we're going to light a candle. So the one I'm lighting is called Sanctuary. And it says, soothing our senses strengthens our abilities. I really like it. It's a grove candle. It's got some lavender in it and some other smells. So, okay. I'll make right. it smell it. Yeah, hopefully it'll smell good to you. Uh, and you can light any candle in your house, right? It doesn't have to be. Oh, yeah, for sure. Any candle. Like it could be a pizza smooth scent. Yeah, totally. I mean, that one just happens to be called sanctuary. I have several around. And, you know, the key with candles is making sure you don't forget to blow them out when you're done. Well, yeah. <laughs> okay, so your, your sermon uh, was about wrestling with God. Yes. And uh, we had talked a little bit about this before, before on last week last week after our other podcast and um and i know you mentioned the dutch wins i'm also a wrestling fan but only like old school wrestling so i was oh gotcha excited okay. when you had the wrestler up on the screen uh -huh. <laughs> uh, and and uh, i thought maybe you uh may go different uh, no you did um so uh it was about how uh having and dealing with anxiety and feeling like you're never enough mm -hmm. in this world and 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 kind of uh, how you can bring your faith and, and, and bring God into that and how you can kind of overcome that and how, uh, Jacob overcame, or, uh, I, I, what is, what, what, what is his name? I wrote it down. Israel. Israel. Yeah. That's like the, 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 the town. Right? Yeah. The, 
Uh, okay, so um, talk to me about um, wrestling with God. You, he had a dream, right? So he re he wrestled with God, and um, J well, let me back up. Jacob was this person that always just said never enough, right? He very much yes, and he was he he was just trying to gather wealth and gather wives apparently yes. um so I think he ultimately landed up with like six okay uh yeah when you said two i was like wow at that time he only had two i think yeah um so and and in he has this dream and i think a dream a vision yeah, so it's hard to know sometimes in the Hebrew texts whether it's a vision or a dream or an actual experience. They're all very tied together. And um, they thought very differently and wrote, spoke very differently about those kinds of experiences than we do. We think of a dream and we think, oh, that's all in my head. It's not real. Yeah. To them, that was definitely not the case. A vision would be just as real as if I was standing there watching it happen. Yeah. Um, God often came to people in visions and they had very real encounters with him. So it's kind of hard to know uh, which technically it was, except that uh, the scripture is very clear that Jacob walked away from that experience with a, an actual physical limp. Yeah. So we assume that he engaged in some pretty rough wrestling with God. Yeah. And now maybe, you know, I don't know about you, but I've had dreams where I had where I acted out the physicality of my dream and all of a sudden I'm off the bed or whatever. Yeah. So could have been that, you know, he could have injured himself during that. It's hard to say. To me, it really doesn't matter. You know, to some people it does. They get real worried about trying to prove that, you know, every fact about that is true. I don't get real hung up on that because to me, the point of the story is still worth it. Yeah. So uh, that was a long answer to what no, <laughs> to this no, asked. I, I thought it was funny because you 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 talked a lot about how Jacob was a scattered, just wanted, wanted, wanted. Yes, and he wanted to be like the best, and he wanted to be first. Yes, yes. he wanted to be first. Yeah, the hill grabber. Yes, literally, his name meant that. Yeah, uh, and he was stealing blessings from his his siblings to, for his father and Correct. his father. And, yes. Um, then and I thought when he he it was. I, it was almost made me laugh when you said, "Oh, he had this dream about wrestling with God," and then he welcomed me and said, "Hey, I won. I beat God." <laughs> I don't know if I'd believe you, Jacob. But I think maybe, but uh, that makes yeah. Imagine him trying to share that with someone, yeah. right? Yeah, and, and God said, "I'm now called this," and um, yeah, I don't know if we would believe somebody who said that, but uh, yeah. So there, there's a lot to that. And by the way, if um, if you're listening and you want to know where to find this story, it's in this 32nd chapter of Genesis, Genesis being the first book of the Bible, and uh, it's in verses 22 to 32 is this wrestling match. Helps sometimes to read the part kind of before it and after it so you get a good context going on, but, um, but Jacob factors in a lot in the book of Genesis. Uh, he's one of the patriarchs of uh, of the Jewish faith and of our faith. And um, yeah, and so, you know, I, I love the story because it it puts, you know, we in the, I don't know, in our time, in some of the ways that we, we, uh, we human beings or we North Americans or United States people or whatever mm -hmm. have um, applied faith sometimes, you know, 
or I will just say what I was taught was very much a different message than it's it's good to wrestle with God. Yeah. You know, I always had the impression, maybe I misunderstood, I don't think so. I think I was taught that way, that wrestling with God meant you didn't have faith. And then here we have the story of this patriarch of the faith and, you know, kind of not a super guy you'd want to aspire to be like, right? Yeah. And he engages in this wrestling match with God so you can you know, you might apply that to yourself and think, yeah, I can bring all my junk to God and wrestle about it. And I mean, he's arguing with God, you know, yeah. um, and God is hanging in there with him and he's hanging in there with God. And that is a fabulous, to me, illustration of what faith is. You know, you don't come all clean and perfect to God and you don't. And once you come to God, and I mean, you know, we also get this impression that you get baptized and you say yes to Jesus and then, oh, everything's perfect after that. No, it's not. <laughs> you know, it doesn't work that way. So all throughout faith is wrestling with God, wrestling within ourselves, wrestling with life. Uh, so I love this story that says he wrestled with God. He comes off with a lamp, so he doesn't come out, you know, all perfect and uh, untouched by it, but, and then, yeah, his name changes from this heel grabber that's always trying to get more than he's entitled to, mm -hmm. to Israel, one who wrestles with God and man and prevails. So you figure, well, and man means he wrestled with himself, right? Yeah. And then prevail, um, you know, he doesn't win over God. He doesn't defeat God. He prevails in that he makes it through this wrestling match. And now he comes out this other, better, more amazing person yeah. and goes from there to reconcile with his brother Esau, who previously wanted to kill him for stealing his blessing. Yeah. Like, you know, so you see this great progression of faith in this story. And um, it's one of my favorites. I just love it. I, I, so seeing it from that point, I can, uh, that really, Actually, I, th I think that I really love that too now be that, because at first I was trying to picture what that meant mm -hmm. with wrestling with God. And, and like I said, I was like, okay, Jacob, I'm not going to believe you wrestling on God. But right. I understand. So to me, what you're saying and, and is I, I'm anxious about things. Uh, maybe I have a hard decision coming up or yeah. uh, something in my life. is it, there's, It's definitely going to be a struggle or I'm struggling now. Mm -hmm. and getting maybe wrestling with my faith during that time or getting through, uh, but coming through on the other side, still having my faith in God, maybe being a better person, knowing that I've wrestled with that issue yeah. than the end and coming out on the other side, a better person. That's what kind of the same thing, right? It's yeah. wrestling with those issues all the time. Yeah. And I mean, faith is forged in that wrestling, right? Yeah. Which is amazing if you think about it. Um, you know, to me, it, the opposite of faith is certainty. Yeah. So, I mean, you, you don't need faith if you're certain about everything or if you have all your ducks in a row and everything's going perfectly, which I don't know anybody for whom that happens. But, you know, theoretically speaking, I guess, I think wrestling with God and wrestling with our faith is courageous. And to me, it shows a tremendous amount of faith that you're willing to make it through, right? You're willing to hang in there. Um, whereas the alternative could be, yeah, you know, I don't, I just don't want to try that hard. Yeah. So I give up or 
I'm done with you, God. And I mean, that sometimes is part of our wrestling. I've known lots of people who have stepped away from God because the God that they were presented with was not one they could live with yeah. or believe in. And, um, and then sometimes they come back around because they get introduced to something different, someone different. Uh, you know, God doesn't let go of those people either. That's the great thing. And that's the other, there's another piece of that in the story, right? Um, uh, Jacob refuses to let go of God as he's wrestling. And, but also God does not give in to Jacob, right? (laughs) It's very, it's just a great story of this prevailing through this really, this struggle. Yeah. Um, a, a strong word for all of us because all of us struggle with life, you know, with things. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I I really like that. That it makes a lot of sense now. Um, I would think I was just trying to put it on. How did this happen? How did sure. it, what, and what is that? But it, yeah. it's it's not necessarily uh, literally what happened. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, um, it, you know, is it, it's presented as what literally happened, yeah. but whether you believe that literally happened, I just don't think that yeah. that's a, one of those, you know make or break things right it's not a deal breaker it's me and and i really liked what you said about having to wrestle and um not having good time i mean yeah in those times it's basically like having if you had good times all the time then would they really be good times or would they just be good period time yeah yeah so without we can't have the good without the bad that's true the way yes Wrestling through and keeping a hold of your faith is definitely a triumph. And yeah, it's that we don't always walk away unscathed. That's right. And, and, you know, that could be interpreted in all kinds of ways too, right? So he walked away with a limp. We might think of a limp as something bad, yeah, but it's not bad in the story. It's a reminder of what he went through with God and how he's not who he used to be and who he used to be. wasn't so great, you know? So um, so think of, I'm thinking of a lot of people who are, uh, kind of deconstructing their faith right now. Yeah. And, um, many people are very judgy about that toward them. There's no need to be. That's a normal part of faith development and the faith journey, in my opinion, which is a, an informed and <laughs> a good opinion, I think. So, um, You know, so when they come out of, I mean, to me, deconstructing is kind of this wrestling match, right? And when they come out to the other side, their faith isn't going to look the same as it did when they went in. They're going to walk away with some kind of a limp, right? Or a uh, a mark or something different. And and that is not a bad thing. That is a very good thing. It means they've made the journey and they made it through. And wherever they come out is where they come out. You know, we have to trust that God can handle that. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's not always easy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. I mean, it's, it's, it's a good, almost, uh, walks along with life in general. Right? Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah. Those experiences right. that make you stronger. And, yes. Yeah, so I, I, okay. So now you've sold me, and this is definitely one of my favorite stories. Cool. I, <laughs> now that I see from that perspective, I, I definitely think. Oh, that's neat. Uh, anything else you want to add about the sermon before, because we, before we wrap up, we're, we're a little on, over on time, but that's okay. We, uh, we're not, there's not really a time limit. Um, so no, not really. Just, uh, you know, the other story we talked about was Jesus feeding the 5,000. Oh yes. Yeah. And yeah. So 
Yeah, so the title of the sermon was Wrestling with Our Hunger. Yes. And um, it was just sort of a play on words with that. But, you know, in our anxiety and wrestling, um, we tend to go towards this never enough, which you brought up mm -hmm. before, this kind of scarcity mentality. You know, there's not enough for me to share. There's not enough... Uh, time for me to get everything I need to get done. There's not an, I don't have enough energy to get through the day. And that's true sometimes, <laughs> you know, but you know what I mean? There's not enough hours for me to rest. Yeah. There's not enough time for me to sleep. Mm -hmm. um, I don't have enough money. So I've got to work three jobs, which is a reality for many people. Oh. It's been a reality in my past for sure. Um, you know, but we get stuck in that place of not enough. And we, um, that is sometimes where we are also wrestling with our faith, right? Tr can we trust that um, that God, what God gives us is enough, you know? And, yeah. and I don't mean to minimize struggles, especially financial struggles, because it's true. I mean, sometimes you just don't have enough money yeah. and we just don't have enough time. Um, but there's there's a there's a faith moment that happens there where we say, yeah, I don't know exactly how, but I know God's with me in this. And um, and so a lot of times in that story, and that's in the Gospel of Matthew is the one we're talking about in the 14th chapter, where Jesus, uh, you know, he's teaching and there's this multitude of people. There's at least 5,000, that's men, but they didn't count the women and children. There could have been four times as many women and children. So we don't really know how many people. But um, the story is basically that that he managed to feed them all with these uh, five loaves of bread and two fish. And so often our focus, uh, many of us especially who grew up hearing this story multiple times, is on the miracle of feeding with these five loaves and two fish. And, um, and this time we tried to focus on instead kind of this never enough anxiety that the disciples felt. And so you know, their request to Jesus is, hey, there's not enough food here, so you need to send all those people away. Can you imagine 20,000 or whatever, you know, yeah. 8,000 people? Uh, well, you guys got to go because there's not enough food here. Yeah. And I heard in it as I was reading it, the disciples' anxiety of, oh, we won't get to eat if if those people don't leave. <laughs> right? Like, yeah, yeah. you know, and you know, they must have felt that not just about food but about Jesus's time and attention and hey, you know, he's spending all this time teaching all those people and he's not, you know, uh, because that's human. Yeah. And so it highlighted to me this scarcity mentality that we live in oftentimes. And then our answer to that, because this is how we function, right? If we feel anxiety about scarcity, then we jump over to, well, the answer to that is overabundance, right? So we have to be wealthy. We have to win the lottery, right? In order to feel like we have enough. And um, so so to me, these two stories together led to kind of this wrestling match with our own idea of what is enough and can God provide enough for today? And is that enough? You know, and can we be can we be blessed by enough? Um, and you know, sometimes the answer is we don't feel very blessed by enough because we want more. Uh, and there's lots of stories in scripture that touch on that as well, that we don't have time to get into, but, um, 
but yeah, so that's that's where I I, I saw in that this time yeah. that I hadn't seen before. I think. Yeah, no, I we talked a little bit about before the podcast. I usually, I almost, I probably why I miss talking about it right now is because I I just missed that in the sermon, and I was focusing on the wrestling match yeah. and and Jacob's struggle. Um, but I liked it because it does when you we talk about the the feeding of five thousand. Uh, it's usually based on the miracle. That's all. That's and that's mainly what I remember is oh, it's she's from the miracle. Yes, I like the 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 struggle and and you kind of it's kind of a deeper it's like uh, the master's degree or the the comfort <laughs> of the of, of of study because you have to link beyond just kind of the, yeah it that basic yeah miracle premise not that it's basic but you know well and there was a great message of blessing in that story too yeah. because Jesus you know when they say that to him when they say hey these people are hungry you need to send them away what they're really saying is we're hungry and they're you know (laughs) they're kind of in the way or that could be at least part of what they're saying and then what he answers is there's no need to send them away you give them something to eat and that is a huge little uh you know kind of pop on that i don't know how you you know what i mean like jesus kind of getting my attention is oh you know you don't need to be anxious about all of this. Instead, what focus on you and what you can do to be a blessing in this moment. And so, um, you know, and what it sounded like to them, I'm certain, was you want us to do what? I mean, we can't do that. What are, what are we supposed to do? How, where are we supposed to get food? And I think in one of the other Gospels, they kind of say that. Um, but, you know, there's this... There's a message for us in that when we get anxious and we go to God with that anxiety, um, he not only takes our anxiety and handles it and and we get to wrestle with that with him, but we end up coming out of that with how can I bless others, you know, yeah. and then the, and then he does. He takes that bread, he blesses it, he breaks it and he gives it to them and they feed the people. So they get to do exactly what he told them. So there's also this message of, oh, if I'll trust God with what I'm anxious about and let him bless me, then somehow in the midst of that, I'll be able to do what God has called me to do. You know, it doesn't mean that we'll be able to perform miracles. It means whatever it is that God's asked us to do, he's going to equip us to do it. And there's a peace in that. Yeah, yeah, no, that definitely resonates. Um, you know, whether it's money or yeah. time or yes, no, that, that makes a lot of sense. We, uh, tend to, especially the overabundance, we tend to want to hoard our time and our money and right. all these things. And, uh, because we want to make sure we have it for family and for yeah. ourselves. And, um, sometimes I'm sure, and I've had those moments where like, I don't want to, I don't know if we need to tie that much this month. Um, yeah, 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 for sure. And, and you know, those kind of things, because it, because it's like you're anxious because of that anxiety. Yeah. Of, uh, okay, what of what what do I need to do with this? And so I like that message. I think it does resonate that you know you need to have some faith and right things are going to be okay. You have enough for today. That's yeah. Right, so. I think though I, I have to say there's a danger in there that we have to be careful of. Yeah. Uh, those of us who have some means 
that we don't look at people who don't and think, oh, well, that's just what, you know, God decided was enough for them. Yeah. You know, we are blessed in order to be a blessing and to bless others, whether that's materially or whatever. So if all of us were living with enough, there wouldn't be any be anybody out there who didn't have enough you know what i mean <laughs> so so we want to be real careful about not going oh well i don't need to worry about them because you know yeah that's that's what god has decided is appropriate for them and and i get to have all this abundance you know I'll be so, yeah exactly there you go <laughs> <laughs> oh okay well we're at about 45 minutes i think we're okay um that's a pretty good unless you have other no, I think I think I covered all my notes. Okay, well, thanks for joining us. Uh, I think we had a good discussion. I think we're getting better. Yay! You know, <laughs> it sounded really good. So, um, be sure to subscribe to the show. Uh, you can find us on. We're on everything now. We're on iTunes. Oh, awesome! On Google. We're on. So find us out there and subscribe. If you have questions you want to, uh, Pastor Jeanette, to answer then uh, send them in i will not answer any questions because i use an expert <laughs> i will just hand them to her i wouldn't call me an expert but okay <laughs> we'll talk about your questions yeah. in the podcast about yes. that yes okay and for and pastor Matt, thank you again for joining me my week. pleasure thank you yeah me too uh, we will uh, see you again god bless y'all